You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another dejected episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall to the Wisconsin Badgers 91-79. to It was the 8,000th consecutive loss for the Hoosiers at the Kohl Center, and it was a night where the how was much more important than the what. If you came into tonight and said that Wisconsin was going to beat Indiana by 12 points, I think a lot of people would have said, okay, that I think that was very close to the analytical expectation. The spread might have been 11 But this was a night where the way that Indiana played, the decisions that they made, the composure that they showed, the strategy that they were being asked to play was just extremely disappointing to the point of bewilderment. And so Indiana drops to 12 and 7. They are now 4 and 4 in conference play. And during this game, Don Fisher, who has seen more Indiana basketball than anybody, good and bad said the following. Now, I didn't hear this on the radio, but enough people tweeted it. So if for some reason I'm quoting this wrong, let me know because I didn't listen to him. But enough people tweeted this. He said, in my 51 years behind this microphone, I will say something that I've never said before. I'm embarrassed for this team, and it has nothing to do with the score. And this came soon after CJ Gunn's ejection uh, for elbowing Max Klesmet in the face, which we will talk about as we go through the show. But this, to me, was a game where... I felt like the players brought effort and brought energy and fought till the end and were focused, but the strategy that they were being asked to execute just did not make sense against this Wisconsin team. And we are going to break that down here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris, here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. And guys, let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our, ba- our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And a lot of times on losses like this, you know, the Banner Moment kind of feels like a formality and we rush through it. But I really want to give some credit to Malik Renew and to Mackenzie Mbako for the way that they played in the second half, the way that they kept fighting there down the end. And to give a particular example, we'll go back to when it was 77 to 61. And just a terrific stretch by these two guys who are playing in an offense that asks players to make individual plays, uh, and they did it. Malik had a, a terrific post move, one of many that he had throughout this game. Uh, Mackenzie Mbako had a nice little drive and hit a mid-range two uh, that made it 77-65. A possession later, Mackenzie Mbako uh, drives, gets it stripped, but sticks with it, gets the ball, scores, and one, gets to the line. What impressed me about this was how these two guys stuck with the game continued to fight, and they are two extremely important building block players for this program. Now, we never know from one season to the next who's staying, who's going. Rosters are so transient in this day and age of college basketball. But these are two guys who have the talent and the skills and really, I think, show the mentality, uh, especially Mbako, kind of showing that that his growing mentality of competing more consistently that they can be guys to build around. 28 points tonight for Renew, 17 for Mbako, most of them coming in the second half. Uh, they continue to play hard, continue to make plays uh, in a game where it really felt like Indiana just you know, never really had a chance to win uh, for a lot of different reasons, many of which uh, we will break down on tonight's show. All right, now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Home 
Our Banner Moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As you know, or as you should know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere, and it is getting ready to grow. Connor Hitchcock was on our show a couple weeks ago and let us know that a big IU refresh is planned, and that's why you should get on their text message list and on their app or however you want to get notifications when they have new stuff because a lot of times it goes fast, and so you want to make sure that you can be there to order. So sign up. Make sure that you have our promo code in hand, HOME23, but also keep your eye out for the special flash deals that they send because sometimes you can get 20% off. And it's not just Indiana stuff. They have over 150 schools. They're always rolling new ones out. Ryan has already gone and bought a ton of Nevada stuff so that he can support uh, Steve Alford over there at Nevada. Um, But they're always adding new schools, always doing new stuff. Um, And they're just a great company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. They employ a lot of people in Indianapolis. uh, And they're just awesome to work with. Uh, Very supportive of so many IU sports and IU athletes and college sports in general. Uh, And no matter what you buy, it's comfortable. It's high quality. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME23. You will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Okay, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, we will start with you. It's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind tonight? Always going to be tough uh, going into the Cole Center uh, without uh, one of your top post players. Um, you know, so the yeah, I, I don't know. I I I am, believe it or not, relatively speechless. But I will say this: a few games ago, we had a fiasco with a ejection, and since then, we've had three flagrants and another ejection. What is a fiasco right now is how Indiana play is playing basketball, is being coached, and the discipline that they show. The Indiana on the front of the jersey means something. It means something to everyone in here, the 829 people, the other people on social media. It means something to every alum that win or lose, we do things relatively the right way. I, I, I'm careful on that because there's a, there's a line. You can be physical. You can push a guy off who's laying his head on your chest. But that move today by CJ was very, very disappointing. And it just speaks volumes to the lack of closeouts, the lack of blockouts. It's indicative of the of the lack of in basketball in the mental approach of this program and it needs to be fixed all right well said uh let's go over to ryan rant time yeah um i'll try and keep this relatively peaceful um and not you know i'm trying to keep the blood pressure down a little bit lately guys but um when Mike Woodson was hired, one of the big selling points about his hiring was, well, he knows Indiana's culture. He'll bring Indiana's culture back. I, I don't see that. Uh, the culture that I see is a wildly undisciplined team that does things that Indiana teams aren't supposed to do. They react. They uh, get thrown out of games for cheap shots. They turn the ball over. They make stupid plays like driving into traffic and trying to make a special, like a crazy pass instead of like doing the right thing. And that's not what Bob Knight's teams did. And the whole point of this was to bring back that Bob Knight, you know, disciplined, attacking, smart ethos. And Indiana does not have that. And, and, I've heard a lot of people say, 
well, you know, you got to give him time to build and all this stuff. We're in year three. Like, we're halfway through the season in year three. Where is it? These are these are all his players. These are people he's picked. These are the guys he has chosen to develop. Where's that development? And I'm not speaking about on-court scoring development. I'm talking about intelligence, basketball IQ, not throwing an elbow at someone who sticks their head on you. Back off. You know, push push him with your hand a little bit. Hey, like, get off me. Don't, th- don't, th- I mean, Robbie almost said it right. These games are on TV, guys. They can see when you do stuff like that. Like it's, so I would just say that we've, we've had a lot of people say this is about this and it's about keeping it in the family or whatever. If this is the culture we're getting from an, you know, a quote unquote IU guy, I'll pass on it. I'll pass on it. This needs to be better. And, and Jared, you tweeted it out. Get in, get control of your program, Woody. And that is, it is long past time for that to happen. Last year, you had a bunch of seniors who policed everything. Now, without those guys, you're seeing what can happen. And and it feels like an NBA situation where the players are supposed to police themselves. And, and that's the drawback of bringing a guy in who's not used to being very controlling with his players as college coaches are for good or bad. You think Nick Saban would let something like this go? You think, you know... Any college, any great college, like Jay Wright or or Dan Hurley, would let this kind of stuff happen? No, they don't. They shut it down, and they and the players in their programs know it is unacceptable to do that. Not because it's a cheap shot, because you're also hurting your team by not being there. And so we are three years in now. We're all in, and and I heard also a quote, you know, Woodson earlier today said, "Well, I'm still learning my team." It's Mike. You're halfway through the year. How do you not know your team? And so I, I'm not, again, I, Mike Woodson can get this fixed. He can, but is he going to, and is he going to make the changes and build the culture that we were all hoping for? It's yet to be seen. And I'm sorry, but my confidence in that happening has been waning for quite some time. And tonight it hit its absolute low point because a guy like CJ Gunn should not be doing that. He made a mistake. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on the kid but the fact that that is happening in this program twice in four games says a lot more about the program than it says about the kids who did it so i that's where i'm at with it i'm not going to sit here and i know people i hear from people from both sides to say i'm too soft on these guys or i'm too negative i'm not going to sit here and dwell on the negatives there were some positives tonight and i really liked what i saw out of some people and jared you mentioned them in the opening and i think we need to 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 praise that but if we're talking about the state of the program right now, this is a problem and it needs to get fixed very fast or it's time to do something else. Yeah. You know, the, the big frustration for me, what was I texting you guys before the game? I was trying to get a psyched up to, hey, look, you know, this is obviously going to be a, t- a tough game. Khalil's not even playing. You know, let's really try and focus on the positives here and, and find, you know, what we can and, and, and there, there are some, and we're going to talk about them. But my big frustration, Coach, watching this game was seeing players who I thought came ready to win a game. You know, they made free throws tonight. They made shots. I thought they played hard. But I don't think they were given a chance to win because they were asked to play a strategy that doesn't make sense against Wisconsin, as I mentioned before. You know, you're down a man. You're playing on the road in a place you haven't won against a top 10 team, and you're not favored. You need to play a little bit of a higher variant strategy. Through 15 minutes in the game, C.J. Gunn, Trey Galloway, and McKenzie Mbako had taken two three-point shots. We ended up shooting 6-14 on the night. That didn't make any sense. 
This Wisconsin team is a, a good shooting team, and Klesman was killing us getting hot. And yet we continue to try and send doubles at Stephen Crowell. Well, I mean, at least Crowell didn't beat us with twos, but Wisconsin annihilated us with threes. And all I saw were guys who were making decisions that didn't make sense to me from a basketball perspective. But then as soon as I started to get frustrated with them, I thought, yeah, but they're doing what they're being asked to do. That's the thing. And that was just incredibly frustrating to me. You know, there have been other games like the Rutgers game. I thought we had a poor plan and I didn't think the players really fought that hard. You know, I thought that was, there was a lot of shared blame in that one. And that one was extremely frustrating. I thought, you know, I mean, obviously CJ's decision was a bad one. There's no question about it. And, and, and no one played perfectly, but gosh, I thought these guys really fought hard tonight, but they just, they just weren't put in a position to have a chance to win the game. And it's, I think that is such a frustrating thing to watch as a fan. And, and, and you know, I'm, Part of it is just, you know, juxtaposed with the mindset I tried to have coming into the game, and I just found it impossible as I was watching it to to maintain that because it was just play after play after play where it's like, I mean, Coach, we took six long twos in the first half. What are we doing? What are we doing? I do not blame the players for that. It's it's, it's a clearly feature, allowed. It's a feature of the offense, and so at we some talked point, about that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just going to toss that. I'm, I'm just going to toss that to you. I was just extraordinarily yeah. frustrated with the plan because I don't think the plan gave the players a chance to win. Well, it, it is it is scheme. And Coach Woodson believes in a scheme. But that scheme is not working with this roster. I think that's just fair to say without my pressure going up. The scheme he's trying to employ on defense is not working. The scheme he's trying to employ on offense, it works, but it works when players just are free. And when they're down 20, they're more free to play. Uh, and, and you know, it's easy to play when you're down 20. Yeah. Um, and, and just, because if you miss, it's going to, it's going to be 25 or 30. And all of a sudden you play a little more pace and a little more free, but the defense, uh, when you watch it, uh, th- those cuts down the lane, that happens a lot in old NBA. When the ball is low, everyone turns and, and their back is to cutter. It's been happening all year, Jared, that the, the positioning of the defenders, uh, we had a discussion about the close the other day. They help off of they are taught to help off of any drive so hey hey, they are doing yeah these are good points but your audio is kind of breaking up you may want to just you may want to reboot reboot. yeah okay yeah i think i think it's a wi-fi issue we'll we'll take it for a little bit we're good we got plenty of this (laughs) but you're you're making good points no he was uh you know i i think that and this might be a word we've never said on the assembly call before but it feels for the players it's like a sisyphean task you're just pushing a massive boulder up a hill it doesn't matter how good you play or how hard you play what you are being asked to do doesn't help the team. I mean, that that def- the defensive system, it's very obvious that last year they had a bunch of veteran guys in that system who knew each other really well, communicated really well, and could cover for the flaws in the system. That's essentially what it was. And you had on offense, you had two NBA players essentially running the offense, and everybody else was just out there to, as window dressing and would occasionally have a good game or two. It's not even necessarily you know, flaws in the system. It's the system can work with the with the right personnel, but it it's just not it's not this personnel. <laughs> no, and, and I'll say this. I'll say this. I think the fact that they were veterans and older guys made it so they could kind of get the concepts enough to work. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that they covered for each other a lot. And we'd see bad stretches from that defense last year. They weren't perfect yeah. at it. You know, I mean, we would see guys just like, how did that guy get wide open down the lane? And it's like, well, this guy had to cover for that guy who's trying to cover for that guy. But they were really good at knowing each other and knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. And this year, 
this group, I guess that's my thing. Is it like, this is not working. So if you are the head coach and you're the assistants and everything, you see it's not working. If you really care, if, if winning is the most important thing to you, you have to change something because you're not going to win with this system with these players. You're not. It's just, it's not going to happen. You're four and four in the Big Ten. You don't have a quad one win this year. Like, it's clear you're ranked 100 in Ken Palm, essentially. Like, it's clear this isn't going to work. You need to make big changes. But it feels like, and, and I know this isn't true, but I'm saying what it feels like watching this. It feels like the coach is more married and cares more about proving that his system works than winning basketball games. Because if you are willing to do whatever it takes to win, you make adjustments based on the strengths and weaknesses of your team on offense and on defense. And we have not seen a massive overhaul of either this year. We've seen wrinkles and little changes and things like that, but consistently we have not seen major changes. It is very obvious that this team cannot run the nail slot rim defense. Now they've, they've adjusted at some points, guys not helping off as much and, and whatever, but it's not working. It hasn't worked consistently. You have to do something. And offensively, the system that they're running will not win consistently in college basketball. It just won't. And they need to change something. But you have to be willing to change and admit that maybe what you're doing isn't working. And it feels like arrogance that, no, 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 it'll work. They'll get it. I got to get them to a point where it'll work. No, no, it's not going to work. You're halfway through the season. This team is what it is. And if you want to win and if you want to go to the tournament and you want to compete against high level teams, which is what we all expect Indiana to do, you got to change stuff like this. is You're fighting for your job, man. I'm not saying Mike Woodson is not getting fired this year. Like I, I like people have been have been floating that he's not. He will be back next year. But how hot his seat is entering next season will depend on the next two months. And if you want to feel comfortable in your job next year, make changes and win some damn games. That's what you have to look forward to over the next two months. This team is what it is. It might get incrementally better. It is not all of a sudden going to become a top 10 defensive team. It's not all of a sudden going to be a top 20 offensive team. That's not going to happen. They might get better. They might get worse. You have a chance to change the narrative and nothing has happened yet. And so this is an inflection point for the team. Does he finally say, all right, we got to change what we're doing. This isn't working. Or does it just continue? Um, that's the question moving forward. That's the question for the rest of the season. And that's what I'm going to watch for the rest of the season. Can they adjust what they're doing and become an actually competitive basketball team with good teams? We'll see. Coach, how's the audio? Is it, is it any better? I, I don't know. It's, it's still kind of choppy or... and you have, and you have no video. Yeah. Video's out. You may want to reset your Wi-Fi router or reset your yeah. internet completely. We, yeah. We can handle it for you, uh, coach. Until you figure yeah, it out. I don't know what it is. Because I got other things going, so yeah. Um, just try to try to fun. reset stuff. Try to reset stuff and pop back on. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Go Hoosiers. Yeah, go. You got you, coach. <laughs> oh man, you know. <sighs> I mean, you know, you're right, and I. Here's the thing, you know, it, it is. It's difficult to make massive changes to what you're doing in the middle of the season. You know, there, there's there's no question about that. But I'm with you. I mean. There are certain tweaks that can be made. You know, here's the other thing, Ryan, that that I struggle with is just, you know, from a fundamental perspective, you know, I think we have a lot of good basketball players. You know, I think we have a lot of guys who who care and want to improve. 
but we are not a program based on what we see in the 40 minutes every game. And again, we're not at practice. We don't see the drills that they're doing. So I can't judge that. All I can judge is what I see when I'm watching the games. And we do not look like a program that values fundamentals. We look like a program that takes fundamentals for granted and expects players to be able to do them and then asks them to go out on the court and make plays, which, you know, is probably a very NBA mentality. You know, I don't think, you know, NBA coaches are really working on some of the basic fundamentals of, you know, you know, making the decision to dribble through traffic and passing and, yes. and the different things that are happening. But where I really start to get frustrated for the players is two things. You know, one is that, I mean, you're not being put in a position to succeed if your develops, if your fundamentals aren't being developed. And we have, you know, a, a team where that doesn't really seem to, you know, to be the case. Um, well, I want to say one more thing. thing too. Well, let me say one thing as, as we're talking about this, because I think it's it's a good thread here. I have heard from a lot of people saying like, because I'll say that this is a very talented roster. and I'll hear people. Some people agree with that. And some people say like, where's the talent? It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, there are three five stars in your front court. You have a sixth year senior point guard who was honorable mention all conference two years ago. You've got Trey Galloway, who should have developed into I, I think he's a six man. We've discussed this, and I think it's putting too much on Trey. Then you've got, you know, Banks and Gunn, who were as as sophomores, should be rotational players in the Big Ten, you know, building towards something being more effective. You have plenty of talent to win on the court, even without Khalil Ware. Maybe not his final four talent or big ten no, title talent, but, but enough to compete. Enough to be good. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I think that if you look at pure talent, they're probably more talented than last year's team on pure talent. You just last year had guys who were so far evolved and developed that they were better. I mean, you know, Trace was a fourth year senior. I mean, imagine, you know, Renew is a fourth year guy would be a different guy than he is now, but he's still very talented. Um, but I hear that a lot from people. Ah, I don't, they're not that talented. They're missing talent. It's like, no, they're not. That's not the problem. The problem with the players has been you step on the you step on campus with talent. It's whether or not it is developed and 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 taken to the next level and then deployed properly. And I think I can, we can say development and deployment of talent has been a problem with this program. And it's not just Woodson. This has been a problem since Archie Miller. And so I would say even maybe Crean's last year, because uh, Crean was real good at developing guards. And, and had some really good, when he had guys for multiple years, his interior players got better too. They weren't good at playing defense, and that's what sunk them in the end. But they developed players. We have not seen that at Indiana for almost a decade now. And yeah. that's a problem. Like It doesn't matter how, if you get a five-star recruit, that's great. If you don't develop him, he's just a good high school player. Like, you know, you have to take them to the next level, and then the next level, and then the next level, and then the next level. And we haven't seen that consistently at Indiana and you get one or two, you know, examples here, like Jalen Huchfino got better during the year last year. He did credit to him. And you know what? You got to credit the staff as well. They were involved in that. Fine. Great. Trace Jackson Davis definitely got better. But if those are your only two examples, that's a problem. And it's I mean, not Malik has Khalil has Malik's gotten know? better. Malik's gotten better. I think Malik just changing his body has been the big difference for him. Because see, you watch his high school film. He's fantastic. And he just didn't get a chance last year. I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this to take credit away. I'm just saying that, you know, I think that this is who he was going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, Khalil Ware was always this talented. He's just playing a little bit harder now and getting, you know, extended playing time. But we have to see guys from year one to year four get better. And CJ Gunn and, and Caleb Banks have all the talent in the world to be contributing Big Ten players. And it's just not happening. It hasn't happened. They haven't gotten that much better. 
And I can't well, I, just, I, and when it happens to everybody across the board, you can't just blame the players. You know, I mean, this is a system thing. Yeah, I think the point you're making, you know, five-star players are five-star players. They're going to come ready gun- to play. Yeah. What makes your program competitive and consistent over the long term is taking some of those less heralded recruits, the four-star guys, the Gabe Cups, the guys that are going to be around for a while, and developing their basketball fundamentals and basketball yes. IQ. That's where that's what we haven't yes, seen. Yes, that's what takes your program from decent to good to great, is that. Yeah. And And again, you have to have a bench. And if you're only developing the top level guys, you're missing out. Like I always go back to Villanova. Villanova's thing was they'd always have a star and then they'd have three, four guys where you'd be like, he's still in college, you know, and some of them would redshirt and some of them would, you know, whatever, but they would develop these guys. So that's, I mean, that's the key to winning in college basketball long-term. Coach, let's give this one more shot. Your video is a little yeah. blurry, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know. We've had weather uh, here today. We were in out Indiana. Of no way. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if that's it because we didn't have any issues last night. Um, Not at all. On, on the, the audio, the audio at, at sounds all. better. The audio sounds yeah. better. So, so let's. Uh, I let's rebooted and we we were talking about fundamentals. The last thing I want to cover in, in in the first segment here is the CJ play. Um, and again, I think it's perfectly fair to say, hey, Klesmet baited him. Klesmet definitely embellished the contact. There's there's no question about that. But the issue is, if you're CJ Gunn, you just can't make that decision. But the problem I have with it, Coach, I'm disappointed in CJ. I think it was right for him to be ejected. I think there should be further you know, consequences for that. But the problem is, he has now been brought up in a basketball culture that enables that kind of stuff to happen. Because it's happened over and over again. And... You know, in any individual case, you can say, well, it's a basketball game and that happens in the heat of the moment and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but at what point do you draw the line and say this isn't acceptable? Even if you're not worried about it being a dirty play, which you should be, it takes an important player off the court. You know, it was X in one game, it's CJ in this game. Who's it going to be the next game? Well, if there's not a hard line drawn that this isn't acceptable in this program, then that's going to continue to happen. That's my frustration. I was yep. frustrated with CJ, but you look at it, it wasn't a malicious play by CJ. It was just a very dumb, reactive play by CJ within a program that allows that to happen. That is a, I think, and I think the frustration, the reason why everybody jumped on it wasn't just that that individual play was so bad. It's that it is a continuation of the undisciplined, dirty play that we have seen from this program, that that isn't what Indiana basketball is supposed to stand for, to Ryan's point. And so at some point, that's got to get cleaned up, and it's got to get cleaned up you know, right now. And so I'm not going to rake CJ over the coals forever about it. He needs to grow from it and get better. The larger issue is the culture of this program has to change and improve to where you're not even considering making a play like that because you just know better. It. it- the the flagrant two is the issue. You, you can push the guy away, and if they call it an intentional foul or a flagrant one, flagrant ones are the old intentional foul, whereas you're not trying yeah. to hurt anybody, but you do it on purpose. Excessive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I wouldn't mind standing up for yourself in a situation. There's ways to back off. You know, put your hands up, point to the guy, do something like that. But when you raised your uh, when you raised that elbow up and and you hit a guy, that it had to be called. He went towards um, his face. I mean, yeah, and whether it was what embellished I mean is if he wanted not, to hurt him, I think he could that's have hurted the, him. That's what I mean by it wasn't uh, malicious. It was it? just silly, right? But um, it, it just again, you get it's just not smart basketball. Just like right. X's wasn't smart. Uh, the, the you know the hook and holds when you get an intentional 
uh, flagrant one, not so bad. You're, you're in the heat of the battle and your arms get locked up. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a disappointing, uh, that is a disappointing play, um, overall. And, and it just, this team lacks fundamentals and lacks discipline. That, that, it, it, that's just it. I, I think the guys are playing hard. They're doing what they're taught uh, to do. And it's just that they are not doing it, uh, executing it in a way that is competitive against the best teams on, on the schedule. Uh, and that's and, why you get beat double digits against good teams, because you're not as disciplined to do the right things over and over and over again. Uh, and, it, and there's many uh, places to point the blame. And I'll say this, I think what's most concerning to me about it is it's not a freshman who's played eight Big Ten games doing this. You know, these are guys who've been in the program that are getting ejected. And I think that that is telling. It's not just some kid who's, oh, man, you know, who you can take back and, and you know, admonish and he'll be like, oh, man, I screwed up. Like, these guys, know they know the score. They know the game. They know what they're doing is wrong. And they still did it. And they still think it's okay to do it, clearly, to some degree. So that's what's most concerning to me. I mean, there are times I want to elbow you in the face, but I stop because do it's you do it? acceptable. Yeah, see? Well, you only get to see me like once a year, so the, the opportunities are limited. Let's be real. It's, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, wear, I'll wear a chin guard at the live show in a couple of weeks. All right. Coming up, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 12-point loss in the Kohl Center, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed. We'll talk about actual plays from this game, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the Assembly Call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Thank you, Ethan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, for breaking down Indiana's loss to Wisconsin. And it is time now for tonight's meaningful moments that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. This segment brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. And speaking of meaningful moments, we look forward to creating meaningful moments with you, with as many people as possible who are going to be in Bloomington the first weekend in February. 
Uh, we are having our annual meetup there. It is after the Penn State game, uh, which is the next game that Indiana will be favored in. I was about to say Maybe. that. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. Um, but we will be at Upstairs. Our friends at Upstairs are helping us out, playing this thing. They're already starting to promote it. We're very excited uh, to do it there. Uh, all the Back Home Network, most of the Back Home Network, there may be one or two people who can't be there, but most of the Back Home Network folks uh, will be there. Hopefully some other special guests. Maybe our friends from Hoosier Ticket Project. Um, but it's going to be really fun. We'll obviously plan and have some kind of show, uh, but the most important thing is just getting to mingle and meet and talk with all of you. Um, so, you know, no matter what, no matter how bad or good the next few games are, we will be there and we'll be very excited to meet you. So if you have any questions about the details, just shoot me an email, send me a tweet, uh, but we'll be at Upstairs. It's February 3rd uh, after the Penn State game. So, you know, meaningful moments. There was a play... Uh, in the second half that just just a sequence that just summed up so much the differences between these two programs. Um, and I'm going to talk about some good plays Gabe Cups made because I thought, you know, in the in the first half, he scored seven points on three different shots. It was nice to see him be assertive offensively. But in the second half, you know, once again, Indiana started out the half relatively well, just like they started out the first half well. This is a theme with this team. And they had cut the lead down to 43 to 33, and it felt like there was a little bit of momentum. And so we got a rebound, we're on a little bit of a break, we had an advantage, Wisconsin was scrambling defensively, Gabe Cups got it on the left wing as McKenzie Mbako was trailing down and ended up you know, a, a, a little bit further up to the right on the wing. Gabe drives, draws the defender. The two Wisconsin defenders were a little bit confused on who had Gabe, who had McKenzie Mbako. But what happened is McKenzie Mbako was wide open, standing there for a three, hands out. But where were Gabe Cup's eyes when he drove? They were inside, trying to find a way while driving into two defensive players with other defensive players where he was looking, trying to force the ball inside when Mbako was wide open for three. Mbako never gets the ball. Malik ends up missing a shot. Wisconsin goes down, Klesmet hits a three, next possession, Klesmet hits a three, 49-33, I mean in the span of 40 seconds, a game that felt like, oh, Indiana might have a chance here, very similar to what happened later when it was 49-42, and Klesmet just went nuts. But coach, it was just, it was another symbol for me of how our system doesn't value the three, and Wisconsin's does. You know, there was a play later on where, uh, you know, Wisconsin throws it in the post and Klesman just does a really nice job of relocating to make it a longer closeout for Gabe Cups. But he stays behind the three-point line, made sure he got the good look, and he drilled it. And you just, you watch some of these things and you can just see in certain programs how they value and work to get threes and emphasize it where that first look is, you know, if you're driving like Gabe Cups was and you're just going into a sea of humanity with all these defenders, you should be able to recognize that McKenzie is right there. He should be calling for the ball. You see him, you get it to him. That should have been a three-pointer. And we don't seize those opportunities and instead we get killed by them on the other end. And again, you know, is that a mistake Gabe Cups made? Yes, in a basketball sense, but I also think he's doing what he's being taught to do and the habits that are part of this program. And that's the frustration to me. So I just, you know, that that play just summed up a lot of the frustrations that I have. You know, and it's interesting because offensively, we scored 1.27 points per possession tonight, which is wild. But as you said, Coach, a lot of that was a little bit later when the game was a little bit more comfortable Wisconsin and not relaxed. as competitive and, and all those things. Right there. That's where stats when, are flawed. 
they, like they can't be. Wisconsin stopped playing defense at 12 minutes because they were up 19 and they knew there was no fight. They could score on whatever end they wanted on the yeah. IU end. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's I mean, if we point. just if you go back and we pump our chest out because we got 1.27, yeah, guys made plays. We commented on it. It was nice to see them make plays, but yeah. it's great to make plays when you're down 19. People have been kicked out of the ball game and, and the that, game's, and, game's at hand, right? And so that's meaningful point. points per possession. But going back to your initial point, uh, it happens every game. Uh, it, it does. I talked the last game about Walker. Uh, Mbaka was open in the corner and one pass to Walker, and he shoots a three. Um, and so it is. It, it, it's everyone looks inside first and looks inside second, and then if you get a three, it's it's. And when Indiana plays better, this is where you're so correct, Jared. It's pace. It's throw the ball up. Gabe Cups makes a a play where he kicks the ball up a long outlet up the sidelines in the first half or second half maybe, and Mbako hits a three. It might have been the second basket of the first half uh, or the second half. Yes. Uh, and one, one pass, shoot the three. But I don't know that that is encouraged. That was just Gabe and Mbako doing it before someone told him to throw the ball inside. But when Indiana plays with pace um, – they they do get some threes and, and they do get the ball inside with a lot more ease and they can do both, um, but I but it really is something to keep watching is what is this team coached to do? What is the scheme? What is the system? And and then you know we got to be careful on the players if they're doing what the coach says and it's not working then that's a coach issue right? If the players aren't hustling or fighting or doing those things then that's a that's a player issue. But just like the the defense. The, the post feed, we, we had renew feeding sparks once on the wing and everyone standing and watching. And, and I thought Peyton did what Peyton could do tonight. He's one of my highlights uh, yeah. tonight. Uh, he, he was asked to hard. come in, and, and he played hard, hard. Peyton Sparks played hard. But are you telling me you really want to throw the ball into the low post with Peyton Sparks? No, have him do the handoff and those things and ball screen and do things like that. But you really don't want him in post. He gets fouled. He's shooting 40%. They're not going to do him. Uh-oh. Just going to wall up on them, right? So, uh, you had, I, I, I talked to a lot of coaches, high school coaches, and no one understands it. I, I'm just going to be honest. I was texting with someone from Ohio, um, tonight, a coach in Ohio. He goes, What is, what's going on with your Hoosiers? And I had a long conversation. I got coaches in Indiana, uh, texting me stuff they're hearing about the program. Like, it, it is just tough right now to understand when you're 127th or whatever we are in offense. And we're 77 or 71 in defense, how you're not making some adjustments to, and, and big adjustments, not just a little bit closer to the three point shooters on defense. And I mean, big adjustments. Cause I sure as hell hate losing. Uh, I hate losing more than being right. I mean, I would stop chasing Mrs. Tonsoni for two months if I could win basketball games. <laughs> Coach is making all That's the points up, I made. I don't know if I'm that. giving up a lot. <laughs> Right, coach, coach is making all the points I made when he was gone, and I love it. The sorry, entire, the, sorry, no, 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 no. I appreciate. It, trust me, double up on it. that. But you're ba- no, you're backing me up because that's exactly what I said. Is that you have to like winning more than you like your system, and, and be willing to make changes. But I, I, I would say, Jer- Jared, you know, it's the same conversation. But you pointed out that run Indiana made, and then all of a sudden it flips. With 16:52 left, they were down 16. Made a 9-0 run, cut it to cut it to out of a timeout. It was a great timeout. Cut, came out, cut it refocused. to seven, cut yeah. it to seven. Come down on defense, and the rotation gets screwed up. Klesman hits a three. They come down. Uh, Trey misses a three. 
uh, Wisconsin comes back down, another bad rotation, leaves Klesman wide open, boom, hits another three. 18-2 run by Wisconsin. You had it cut to seven, and they go on an 18-2 run because you allowed a guy to shoot a three. You came down and missed a three. They came back and hit another three. And the game, and at that point, you knew, oh God, here it comes. Like, you know, it was the momentum completely changed because they hit two threes and you missed one. And they hit two threes because their three-point shooter was open. You left him open twice. There's weren't there's weren't contested shots. And here's a question. Does Klesmet score that many points in an Indiana offense? No. God no. no. Absolutely not. No way. Because you don't emphasize perimeter players. I mean, it's 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 that simple. It's- um, so, the, so if again, if I transfer card, I'm watching this. Am I coming here? Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't catch that, Coach. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, <laughs> but you may you have to go. You if, may have to go chase Mrs. Tonsoni. Coach, yeah, get out of here, man. Don't put yourself through this. Yeah. Uh, go, why don't you go no, deliver I, Andy a turkey burger? Cheer cheer him up a little bit. Make his night a little bit better. The most negative thing just happened. Turkey burger. <laughs> I pulled a bunch of quotes hear, from last night. You, you can't hear. I'm done. Gone. Yeah. Can't hear me. We yeah. Got you. Go go chase Mrs. Tonsoni, coach. Yeah. We got stay, you. Stay 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 warm. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we got you covered. Thanks for trying, coach. Um. But yeah, it's just oh, it, it's you know it's, turkey it's, burger. Um, my ass. <laughs> God, that Sorry. was fun to be on that show, Jared. You missed out, my friend. I was laughing hysterically. I was listening. I was about 45 minutes behind. I'm just laughing hysterically when that whole thing was happening. It was great. Yeah, it was great. I just got to be a fly on the wall for that one. So, um, no, I, yeah, I, I just think that I, I just think that that's the thing you, you said. Does he do that in offense? No, no. Because, I mean, you had a guy who could shoot like that, which was Miller Cobb could shoot like that. How many shots did he take a game? It's like about four. It wasn't the job, the off, the offense's job to get him shots. Wisconsin sure as hell works to get Klesman shots. I know he's a more versatile player than Miller. I know that, but still, it's the philosophy, and it just wouldn't happen here. And that's why, honestly, I, Liam McNeely is an outstanding high school basketball player. I love him, and I think he steps up against his best competition. That's one thing I really love about him is he plays best against the best. He's awesome. What's his fit next year? Well, yeah, I mean, but he's does, a guy who can go make plays. That's the true. Thing. True. Like, I think he, may, he. I think he'll fit well if true. You well, have no. The, here's the, here's other the thing, Jared. around him. Here's the thing, Jared. He's not a primary ball handler, and this offense is pick and roll with the point guard or feed the post. That's what it is. So, where do you get points from the wing in this offense? Mackenzie Mbako does it when everything breaks down. He's just like, screw it. I'm just driving to the rim, like you know, or or he gets the ball and fires a three very quickly. But it doesn't feel like it's the offense is designed to do that. It feels like he's doing that. And maybe McNeely fills that role or whatever, but I mean, he's probably going to be your most skilled offensive player next year, purely skilled offensive player. And he's in a position that this offense doesn't emphasize. And so that's my question is, is everything going to change because he's there? Boy. And I'll tell you something too. You know, we spent a lot of time in the first two seasons talking about, well, you know, man, Mike Woodson's hands are really tied here because you've got Trace Jackson Davis, you've got Race Thompson, you got to play through these guys. And Mike Woodson talked about it himself. It was almost like he's begrudgingly running this system because of who he has. Well, you know, and then, okay, you get a guy like, you know, Khalil Ware, 
okay, you know, and, and you're, you know, you already have a guy like Malik Renew. It's like, okay, we've got these two big guys. Now we've talked a lot about how you could play differently with them. They can both be on the but, but here's the thing tonight, Ryan, tonight, Khalil Ware is out. Okay. You have a chance. If you really want to go four out one in, you had your chance tonight. And look, I was okay. I didn't like it. I would have listened to an argument for why you want to start Peyton Sparks because you don't want to get killed on the glass and you don't want Malik Rambaco to get an early foul trouble on the road. If that was your reasoning for starting Peyton Sparks, I would have listened to it. But after that first stretch, he needs to back up Malik and not play with Malik ever again because those two just don't form a lineup that worked. That's why their net rating coming into tonight in the, I think it was 46 minutes they played together, it was minus 46 like those lineups hadn't worked and you had yeah. a chance tonight to go four out one in, but instead they, I mean, it almost felt like they played the two of those even guys if, together as much as they could. Even if you want to go a little bigger or, a, you know, not like a four perimeter guy, put Anthony Walker in there and stick him on the perimeter. Like, I mean, at least you got, you have some athleticism and there's a little bit, I mean, he's technically sort of a post guy, you know, you could have him out there, but not have him clogging up the middle. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah, let him why drive I, like that one drive that he had, which yeah. was great. I like when he had but, space, it's amazing. He had the, space the, and he drove right to the basket. The ideal situation is putting Ibaka with the four and then three guards out there. Pick them. I don't care. Put CJ gone. If you don't want to start Xavier, put CJ gone out there. Like, but I, I guess my for, point is though, my point is though, it's like, we've been waiting for Mike for the change. To, to get yet yeah, to get this change. I mean, at what point do we just assume this is how he wants to play or it this is. is just how he's going to play because it's what we've been doing. That's... It is. I mean, it, I was skeptical of the changes. The I, I told you guys on offseason, I'm like, look, I would love for that to happen. I would love for that to modernize this and be that. But I'll believe it when I see it because of the era that Woodson coached in at the at the at the higher level. Was it when you did have two post guys on the floor? You didn't have stretch fours. You didn't have a five that could go out and shoot threes. Like it was a different era of basketball. It was a lot of one on one, and it was a lot of ISO, and it was a lot of pick and roll. And tossing into the post and played through guys like Shaq and whoever the bigger guys were at that point. Like, and then you had a, a guy like Co, you know, a Kobe type that was the archetype everybody went through who could drive by everybody or shoot. And he had shooters on the wings and they'd get the ball off a driving kick or a, or a kick out. That's it. But that's, but that offense isn't what people run anymore. It's modernized and, and things have changed. And so I was skeptical that this would be some big sea change. And even when they got Khalil, I was like, hey, man, if I'm looking at this, I think Renew looks better as the straight pivot on offense. And Khalil, you know, on defense, they'll flip. But Khalil looks better on the perimeter, facilitating from out there, pick and pop type stuff because he can shoot. And then, you know, eventually you switch him off a screen and get Khalil a post and Renew. But that hasn't happened. They've, they've run a lot of double post stuff. I mean, like, why? Like, it just clogs the lane and makes it tougher on those guys. So. I know we we are where we are, and again, it, you know, we've heard we want to play different. We want to do this until we see it. This is how they're going to play. Well, you know, what's really interesting too is Khalil and Malik have played a lot better this year together as opposed to when they've been on their own. And so yeah. I can kind of see why that's the focus. But again, that's a program thing. If you've done that for three years, are you just going to suddenly like make a wholesale change next year? 
I mean, maybe I'd love to see it, but that's my question. Like, is that actually going to happen? Or at what point does this just become the identity of what the program is? Because you start to get a reputation, recruits start picking you based on that, and you can almost get pigeonholed into it. So it's just, you know, it's obviously not something we're going to solve in one night. It's just something to watch moving forward. The other meaningful moment that I wanted to point out is uh, Xavier Johnson, I thought in the second half, had two really nice drives that looked like the old Xavier Johnson. Yeah. and I, I, thought, thought, I thought he had a stretch in the second half where he looked like the old Xavier. Yeah, Jones, and I, I mean, much. not like, you know, it wasn't great. I mean, he finishes with eight points, two assists. You know, he had, you know, a couple of really boneheaded fouls that just weren't good decisions. But this was a step in the right direction for him. I thought his mentality was better. I thought he competed more defensively. You know, he stayed within himself and didn't get caught up in a whole lot of nonsense. You know, and I thought Robbie Hummel made a good point. You know, he's had two foot injuries. You know, and even if you're 5% different as an athlete than you were before, that can play games with your head. And I, I do think that is part of the stew that has been this season for Xavier Johnson. And he's not a guy, even as a six-year senior, that is very good at handling his emotions and channeling some of that. And so he's made some regrettable decisions that I thought there should have been at least more outwardly visible consequences for. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. You know, maybe that helps you nip some of that stuff in the bud. So... It's not to absolve him from the things that have happened so far, but if you're just watching X as a basketball player tonight, it was a step in the right direction. Seeing him make those drives, be a little bit more aggressive and confident getting into the lane, that's what we haven't really seen from him. Um, And then he had, you know, in the first half, he had a nice little uh, screen and roll, little pocket pass to Peyton Sparks. We're starting to see some of the things from X that we've seen when he's been at his best that we just haven't seen a lot so far this season. And so hopefully as we you know kind of look forward and how can this team get better, if this is a building block type night for X. Now, <clears throat> we said the very same things after the Ohio State game and I think yeah. it's just it's going to be ups and downs, but tonight was a little bit more up than it's been. At least worth recognizing, I think. Yeah, first I thought that that stretch in the second half he he played a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and more uh, decisively, I would say that's the big thing. Do you have any other moment? The other the other moment I wanted to point out um, was Gabe Cups in the first half. Uh, you know, the first shot that he hit was a long two, whatever. Not a fan of those shots, but he was actually the only one that hit the long two. But the two that I liked were the three pointer that he made, um, which was I fire. He was kind of off the secondary break, um, and you know he hesitated a little bit, but shot it, made it. That was nice to see. But the best one, Ryan, was you know he got the ball on the left baseline, and Wisconsin really overplayed him to pass. So he just said, screw it, and drove baseline, hit a nice little reverse layup. The sum total of it, I mean, it was seven points. That's nothing to write home about. He didn't take a shot in the second half. But I did think, you know, you're looking at what's the formula for us to do something here against Wisconsin. Getting seven points from Gabe Cups was definitely part of it. Like, you got some offense from that position, which was nice to see. X finishes with eight points. So from your point guards tonight, you got 15 points. You know, that's better than what we've seen. And so it was at least nice to see Gabe be a little bit more assertive, you know, taking shots and making movements he was comfortable with. So again, you know, we have to get better point guard play. I thought you saw some steps in the right direction, especially offensively from both Gabe and X tonight. Um, yeah. And especially uh, Gabe's, that came when the game was still competitive, which I think is why yeah. it was more impressive. And Gabe needs to turn a corner offensively. He really does. And it's not, again, we've talked about it. It's not fair to him that he has to, but he has to. I mean, it's, it's, that's, if he doesn't, this team is really sunk. So he's got to start taking shots and he's got to start attacking. He really does. I mean, because teams are expected, they're just leaving him alone, you know? Yeah. So 
All right, let's go inside the numbers brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer, the Queen, Megan Mahaffey, and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. Um, all right, Ryan, let's pick out some stats. You know, I think, again, I said earlier, you know, readiness to play. <clears throat> The guys were ready to play. Clearly, they came out, got an 8-3 lead. You know, Wisconsin was on their heels a little bit. Now, we've seen this. And then, you know, the other teams adjust. And once they kind of adjust a little bit, get in the game, the benches start playing, it goes downhill. And that's exactly what happened. I think Wisconsin won the next, like, seven segments of the game and just kind of slowly bled the competitiveness out of it uh, with just being their Wisconsin selves. But, you know, I think there were some statistics where you look at it and it, it says – Okay, these guys came ready to play. You know, you don't have Khalil Ware, your best rebounder. Wisconsin out-rebounds you 25 to 23. They only get five offensive rebounds. I mean, if you told me that coming into the game, I'd say, okay, that's a, you know, that's huge for us. You know, Malik did a better job on the glass. Um, and so that was nice to see. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the shooting was perfectly acceptable. You know, 17 of 21 from the free throw line, 6 of 14 from three. Again, that number 14 to me, Ryan, in a game like this, I think when you're playing a team like Wisconsin, you have to have a higher variant strategy to give yourself a chance to win. Now, it might blow up in your face and you lose by 25, but I would rather lose by 25, but have played a strategy where if I make my shots, I'm going to be in the game as opposed to just losing by 12, but never feeling like you were truly competitive in the game. And that's what Indiana didn't do. Um, and so that was very frustrating to me. You know, only 10 turnovers. Again, like, this wasn't the Rutgers game. I thought the players were focused. They just are being asked to do things that aren't that smart, in my And they played a much opinion. better team. I mean, and they played be a much real, better that, team, absolutely. You know, and, you know, look, so when you have, have a guy that goes ter- 5 of 7 from 3, and they're 10 of 21 from 3, you're probably not going to beat Wisconsin in the Kohl Center when they go 10 of 21 from 3. Yeah, probably not. So, uh, and shoot no, 29 free throws. Yeah. The stat that stood out to me, and it just, again, we're, we're talking about the system and, and things like that. One assist on 10 makes in the first half. I mean, you're just not moving the ball. The ball doesn't move. And, and that's and, where that 1.274 point per possession number is very misleading in terms of yes. how the offense played. Um, yeah. But and my God, half, the it, defense. Gee whiz. Ryan, they shot 60% from the field and took 29 free throws. Yeah. That's horrid yeah 47.6 from three 47.6 from three uh they certainly moved the ball they had 14 assists they had assists on half their makes um you know you know what keeps coming to mind when especially when i watch this against way, teams like I'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna cut you off because we got to finish that point second half wisconsin shot 67 percent from the field and 60 percent from three in the second half 67 percent from the field I mean, we sold out to stop Stephen Crowell, and he only got six shots. So yep. I guess that worked, but he also had eight assists. So maybe <laughs> not so much. And he you still know, got to the free throw line. I think the thing, you know, you watch a team like Wisconsin, and one of the reasons that we've always, like, hate-respected Wisconsin for the last, you know, two-plus decades is, you know, they run their stuff. They run it very well. Like, you are typically going to have to go beat Wisconsin. They're not going to beat themselves. All the stupid cliches that we hear said about them. But <clears throat> the metaphor I always think of, we're watching teams like that. Have you ever do you, do you ever play racquetball? No, but I've played it before. I'm Have not, you ever played I'm with someone good. who's really good and you're not good? 
Yes. So when you Which play, is why that, I don't play anymore. Yeah, typically <laughs> that person, like I, you know, and I've done this before. Like you play like kind of an old guy that looks like he's not going to be able to move. And the thing is, he doesn't really have to move. He just places the ball in the right spot, and the inexperienced person, the person that doesn't know what they're doing, is just running all over the place. Like you're you're expending way more energy than the other guy, but because your fundamentals of where to hit it and your understanding of the angles just aren't as good, this dude is just sitting there, just hitting it and running the other guy ragged. That's what it felt like to me watching this game. You know, it felt like Wisconsin would just kind of go through the motions at times. We'd cut it to seven. Boom, they'd go on a big run because they knew they could do it any time. And again, Indiana scrambling around running. Man, we're sending that double to crowd. The guys are doing it hard. But you do that and you're just going to leave somebody open. Yeah. You know, and again, not for lack of effort or trying, but just because it's so extremely flawed, <clears throat> especially against this particular team. And so we were that inexperienced racquetball player. And look, part of it is because we are actually inexperienced. We have a young team. So that is part of it. You know, you, the, the coaching staff hasn't had a chance with all of these guys to fully develop the fundamentals. It should just look better than this. You know, that's the yeah. thing. You, you get in these conversations with folks. And it's like, well, what do you want? You know, the, Khalil it didn't play tonight. And, and folks, you know, they, they've got a lot of new guys. It's like, yes, that's all true. That was baked in to being ranked 50th in Ken Palm. Or even if you want to say maybe they should have been 60th, they shouldn't be a hundredth. That's the thing is, as much as we expected this to be a struggle, no one expected it to be this bad, and it doesn't need to be. No, and, and so. I think that, you know, you're looking at this team right now, and let's, let's just be real. This isn't negativity. It's truth. Uh, we are halfway through the schedule, essentially, uh, of the season. You're eight, you're eight games into the Big Ten. This team is not anywhere close to the NCAA tournament. Like anywhere close. Like if, if the if the, we're not even on the bubble of the bubble. No, I mean if this were the solar system and the tournament was the sun, we're like Neptune. Like we're we're just we're that far out and and not coming even close in, to being Pluto. And people are even debating almost. if we're <laughs> yeah, if we're even in the solar system technically. But <laughs> but no, I just it's it's the kind of thing where. Uh, they're, they should be better than this. Like, I'm sorry. I know it's new guys and young guys. Oh, it's rebuilding because you lost two NBA guys. You got two more NBA guys. Like, you know, I mean, it's not, they shouldn't be, there was going to be a drop off. They were a four seed last year. It, it, they weren't going to be a four seed this year, but they should not be here. You know, I like to not have a single quad one win this year. They've played enough games to have a quad one win and they don't. And the two teams they beat, that 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 would be on that level almost were Ohio State and Minnesota, who have both lost three in a row since, er, uh, including those games. We don't even have a close quad one loss, Ryan. That's the problem. No. We're not no. competitive in these games. And again, it would be if different if we team, were just losing them. Man, we just can't win these close games against more experienced teams. And they're young, Fine. and they'll get yeah. But that's no, not it, it. It's the way. It's watching the way they play. That is the worst part of this. It's not if you were just stat chasing and just looking at box scores, you don't get the whole picture of what this is. And, yes, and I think that is a really good point. And I think the other part of this is if this team were ranked 50th right now, let's say 50th, Ken Paul Bartorovic, net, whatever, they're 50th. You'd be like, you know what? That's that's disappointing because of how much talent they have, but it, you know, it's not, it's not a disaster. It's right. not a dumpster fire. It's, eh, you know, it's they kind of have a, a meshed together roster and blah, blah, blah. There is no reason that a team with Indiana's resources and this talent should be at essentially 100. 
essentially 100. They're 96th right now in, in Ken Palm. They shouldn't be that low. They shouldn't be close to that low. They shouldn't be within 20 spots of that. And that's where they are. And that's where they've been, by the way, for a while. And, and let's remember, early in the year, they were real low. And people were like, well, it is, you know, and it's true. It was a small sample size. You know, you got to let the analytics kind of even out over time. It was right. That's exactly where they are. And if you look at the way they've played and the teams around them in that area and the teams above them who they've played and the teams below them who they've played, that is exactly where they belong. And that's, at this point of the season, that's unacceptable. They should be far better than they are. I don't care if Lavery Johnson was hurt. I don't care if somebody was you know, not, not starting or somebody's not playing well or somebody hasn't lived up to expectations. You find ways to fix those things with the players around them. That's why you develop other players. <laughs> so if somebody doesn't live up to expectations, you have somebody to step in. It's not on this roster. It's yeah, just not. Even if you even if you were to bake in all of these negatives that have happened and excuses and like all of this stuff, it should be a program that or, or a, a roster and a program that kind of bottoms out this year at like 65 or 70. So what's the difference then between that? Like where what is the gap? What explains the gap? And I think that's some of the stuff that we're talking about tonight with culture and fundamentals and approach and the particular game plan that you come in against certain opponents that, you know, sometimes has made sense and other times has not, whereas tonight it didn't. Um, so that and that so that is the the, the frustration. But yes. Um, any other numbers that you want to? No, no, there's nothing else I want to talk about this game. Yeah, nothing more I want to talk about. Okay, Uh, coming up on the assembly call, let's hand out our game balls and hustle award. uh, Discuss some more lingering questions. I feel like the whole show has been discussing lingering questions. And then look ahead to what's next for Indiana, which fortunately is a long break. Uh, That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. For us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than handing a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Thank you, Romeo. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips. Uh, Coach Tonsoni tried to be here. He tried his best, but you know his internet was working about as well as Indiana's defense tonight. So he uh, he had to leave us. So he's chasing Mrs. Tonsoni somewhere. Uh, but it is time now for our game balls presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental, and they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. And according to the EPA, Monroe County and other surrounding counties throughout Indiana are expected to have elevated levels of radon above the action level recommended for mitigation. Contact Bloom Environmental today, mention Assembly Call, and get a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. That's bloomenviro.com. Ryan, I don't think there is any debate about who gets the game ball tonight. It's the guy who played 40 minutes despite being injured. You know, when he... So, you know, he knocked knees or whatever in the first half and he comes out wearing the brace. <clears throat> I almost tweeted and I couldn't get the tweet out because I don't know that my browser like messed up. But I was going to say, like, if he's at all injured, sit him for this half. Yeah. It's not worth it to risk further injury. He comes right out, has a dunk on his first uh, on his first possession of the second half. And then he ends up with 20 second half points. Once again, Malik Renew just taking over a second half uh, and was just, you know, relentless offensively. Um, you know, doing what Malik Renew does. Um, and so far from a perfect performance, but, you know, and again, I do think it's fair to say that some of this offensive production came when the game was a little bit less competitive, but he also, I mean, made tough shots and continued competing on that end. And so that explains some of it, but guys still have to stick with it. And unfortunately, the it tonight was a flawed plan, but I credit these guys for doing the best they could to try to make it work. And Malik is at the front of that line. Yeah, it's Malik Renew, uh, 40 minutes. I mean, he led the team in points, minutes, rebounds, turnovers, but that's what you expect when you play 40 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the guy's relentless. He's absolutely relentless, and he doesn't give up. And, and I, I, he's, I've said this for weeks now. He's the, he's the team leader. He's the guy who's the leader. And, you know, I, I don't know who's the vocal leader in the locker room or whatever, but on the court, he's the guy who walks the walk. Every he's the guy they look to. single game. Every single game, he walks the walk. And uh, I don't care what you say. I care what you do. And I mean, don't say anything crazy or awful, but you know, I, I don't, but, but like as far as like prove it to me. And he proves it pretty much every game that he's, he's a dude. And uh, I, I'm happy he's the leader for this team. He really, he really goes and gets it. And 28 8 and assist and, uh, played 40 minutes and I'm kind of sad he played 40 minutes because I think the game was out of reach. I don't think you could have with, I don't think you could have taken him off the court with a crane, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would have played him that long given the way things went. So it, yeah, um, maybe in a game that was like actually competitive, you keep him out there. And it's like, Hey, we're trying to yeah. win this. And you look at the end but, and you say like, well, it was only 12 points at one point. It was like nine or something, you know, or no, it was 12. It was, it was like 11 or something like that. And it's like, they're not going to win. Like they can't stop them on defense. Like they're not yeah. going to win, but I, I get it. And, and he didn't want to come out, I'm sure. Yeah. And you know, and we've asked for Mike Woodson to ride the starters a little bit more at times in some of these games. It's just, you know, to me, it's again, it's one of those context things. It's like, I'd love to see this 
you know, in one of the more competitive games, so you always have Malik out there and there's not that risk of drop-off. It was nice to see tonight. Just maybe not the right time for it, but, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's a very small nitpick, and Malik stepped up. Uh, quick pop quiz. Do you know who leads the team in game balls this season? It's either Malik or Ware. Well, yeah, of course it's one of those two, but who? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kind of thinking. I, I, coming into tonight or with tonight? With tonight. So Malik gets it tonight with tonight. Has Malik, Malik passed him? Well, that's what I'm asking you. I'll say Malik now. No, it is Khalil Ware. He is still Khalil. has eight. Because Malik Malik's been six. coming lately. Yeah. And, and Khalil racked a lot, a lot of them up early. He did. He, he built he did. a big lead. But now in the... That's why, because we haven't called his name in a while. And that's why I was thinking maybe Malik had yeah. come Well, back. the other guy... He was in, been... he, and he was out for a game, two games now. So Yeah. And, you know, the other guy who's coming up is Mbako, who has three, and then you got a bunch of guys with one. Uh, and speaking of Mackenzie Mbako, I have a feeling we'll be talking about him uh, here in just a minute. Let's give out our Hoosier Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, let's talk about my friends at Security Pro 24-7, who provide trusted and reliable security for your event or business. From Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sent you. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, continuing to deal with an injury, I think it's a calf issue that he's had, so he's been out. I know some people are asking why he didn't dress. Uh, that's why he's got a, a an issue or a leg issue that just isn't quite healing as, as quickly as they wanted, but hopefully he'll be back out there soon. You know, sometimes, Ryan, after losses, I hate the segment, you know, because it's yeah. like you, you, just, you don't want to give it's out tough. hustle for a loss. Tonight is not one of those. Nope. I think you can make an argument for Gabe Cups. You can make an argument for Malik Renew, but he already got the game ball. You can make an argument for Peyton Sparks. Um, I think if you wanted to, you could throw in a vote for Xavier Johnson uh, for this. I'm going to give mine to McKenzie and Baco. Um, and it's, you know, again, you can point to, well, you know, what about those times on defense when he was caught ball watching and someone cut on him? Like, yes, he, he still is an imperfect player, very imperfect, especially in terms of awareness and some of those type thing types of things. And he'll get lost on defense. But again, what I saw tonight was a guy who, for the most part, when he was out there on the court was competing. And, you know, trying to do his best and given the effort that you want. And so uh, as a way to also, you know, just laud him for some of the production that he got there in the second half, um, he's going to be my hustle award among a few guys who I thought really put forth enough effort uh, to be mentioned for this one this evening. Yeah, we're, we're throwing this to the chat mob. I, I think every, I agree with everything you said about McKenzie, but uh, I'm giving it to Peyton Sparks. I thought his energy, if we're going straight hustle, and, and McKenzie p- continued to play, and he played hard through the end, and so it's this is really splitting hairs, but Peyton Sparks out there provided energy and lifted the team with his energy at times. He yeah. also had two steals, a block, fouled out. He played 29 minutes, which is way more than he's played this year, and he fouled out, could have played more. Um, I, I don't, he's an imperfect player. And I think that some of his actions tonight were imperfect, but that you cannot question that dude's heart tonight. He played really hard and he earned more minutes. I think, you know, he's not a great offensive player. He's not a great defensive player, but on a team that needs, uh, God, I hate that. I'm going to say this on a team that needs a spark. 
I did. I didn't even. I was gonna say it. I didn't even think. About it. I mean, you had a chance. Like it was I there. Should've... You I couldn't think of words. another word. And you could have kept okay. him in there. Uh, uh, a team that needs a jolt. Uh, you a go team with that needs a turkey burger. Yeah. Well, no, let's not go there. They don't need that. <laughs> Nobody needs that. And if you're at home, everybody looking just at settle you, down. I'm I'm looking at you. If you're at home, you don't need that. Um. Anyways, I, do I, I make got regular I got, burgers. That was my favorite part when Andy protested and said, "I do make regular burgers." Right? <laughs> like he wanted you to sure. know he does you, make regular burgers. <laughs> you're seven feet underground. You've buried yourself that far. Stop trying to come back. Um. Yeah. So I give it to Peyton Sparks. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we got we're sending this to the chat mob. Um, can someone tally up some votes uh, and then let me know? Maybe coach, let me know uh, who gets it. I saw some votes for cups. Um, so anyway, there there are a lot of votes out there. Uh, do you know who leads in hustle awards so far this year? It's very um, close at the top, but one person does have more. Is than Galloway. The Galloway is one of three, four players tied with three. For second place or first? For second place, yes. Oh, we have so one person with would four. Be, is first Malik? No. Okay. Malik has not won a hustle award all season. Actually, interesting. I would have thought we'd have given him some where we gave Khalil the the. We've actually been good about that about actually providing hustle, not the second best player. Trying uh, to, this yeah. year. Um, I don't know. Anthony Cups. Walker. Like, no, Gabe Cups. Oh, it's Cups. Okay, I think he had like two, like the first two games. I think they both went to him. Okay. Um. All right. So lingering questions, Ryan. So Indiana doesn't play again until Saturday, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Illinois because, I mean, goodness, number one, it looks like Terrence Shannon is coming back to play. Plus, they have games between now and then, and you know we're not the two on this show that people go to for that kind of information. So we'll talk more about the Illinois game probably on Thursday on Assembly Call Radio. You know, but as you look at lingering questions now, Ryan, what is this? T- this team has a week off. Like now is the time. Like if you're going to change or tweak something. Now is the time when you have actually some time in the season to work on yourself. Yep. And you don't get a lot of these because a lot of times you, know, you have three games in eight days. You've got this break. And again, you know, we're not in practice and we're not making these decisions. And so, you know, maybe this is a pointless conversation to have, but it is, I think, an interesting thought exercise. What do you do? What do you do with this time? What levers do you pull in practice that you can work on fundamentally or schematically? that can actually change things for this team down the back half of the big 10 schedule. So I'll say this. I, I talk, we talk a lot about like things that Indiana could do here or there. And people say like, well, Mike Woodson knows that he's not stupid. It's like, I know Mike Woodson knows more about basketball than I will ever know exponentially more. I fully admit that he knows how to get a shooter open. Or, you know, the, the, the processes of doing that or how to run something or scheme something. His out-of-bounds plays are typically pretty damn good. Um, he knows how to run things. And he knows he watches this defense. And he knows what he wants to get out of this defense and knows he's not getting it. What I want to see or what, what I think, do they look any different against Illinois? Or is it the same thing over again? Where you run maybe one play for a shooter with a couple pin downs, you get him open. Even if he misses the shot, you run that play. Do we ever see it again? You know, I mean, like, that's the thing is there are times you see a glimpse of like, hey, that could have worked. Maybe they don't make the shot or maybe, you know, it gets overplayed. And so then they dump it inside because you got the defense moving and whatever. Like, and then they never go back to it. And it's like, run something different on both ends. And I'm again, I don't even think you need to radically change everything. Just run some things consistently. 
you know, run that play. Like we've seen Malik go one side to the other with the double staggered screen and, you know, reverse it to him. And then you, the guy who screened can open up and seal his guy and he's open. And if Malik's not open or if, you know, if, if McKenzie's not open, Malik's open, like do something running this lob it around the perimeter and lob it into the post. Like you're not beating teams with it. It's easy to defend because everybody knows exactly. If I'm sitting here, a jackass on a podcast knows exactly what you're going to run. The opposing head coach who gets paid several million dollars a year knows exactly what you're going to run and knows how to defend it. Same with the defense. People know if they get Indiana's defense, if they just reverse the ball enough, they'll get Indiana's defense chasing and they'll get a wide open look. Change what you're doing. You have to. As I said earlier, this is your li- this is your livelihood. Take pride in it and realize it's about wins and losses. It's not about reputation, it's not about your system. It's about wins and losses. It's very sports, one thing I love about this is sports, it's very easy to judge people on wins and losses. And I don't care how you do it. You got to get wins to 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 stay. I mean, you do. And so I, what I want to see is whether or not they look any different in a week. And I'm so glad they have this break. A, mentally they need it. Yeah. B, mentally we need it. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I think the fans and everybody associated with this program needs a break. Reset. How do you look against Illinois? A good team who's not going to give you any breaks. Yeah. Please change your Twitter bio to a jackass on a podcast. That was I thought that right was up there one. with uh, what was it? No talent West Coast. <laughs> no talent West Coast. Have we ever talked about yeah. that story on the on the podcast? Or we'll do that. that. A, let's let's a meet do up that. in person story. <laughs> let's do Thursday on After Dark. Let's do okay. an After Dark on that on Thursday. It's a great story. It is. A, it's a great story, and it is a story that uh, fans and haters of the show will both very much appreciate. So. <laughs> Okay, we'll tell that story on Thursday. Um, yeah, so next game up next Saturday at Illinois. So we'll have a show assembly car radio on Thursday. But there is a postgame show coming up that you need to pay attention to, which is Sunday. The women go and play Purdue. Uh, that game twips at 12 Eastern, I believe. And doing the work, Jeff and Kathy will be celebrating their 1000th episode. <laughs> Uh, so they'll be doing 100. I'm sorry, 100th. Yeah, sorry. Let's not date episode. them too much. Yes, 100th episode. They'll be doing a live home field apparel giveaway. Uh, so make sure that you check out that. Also, want to give a couple quick plugs here. One for Crimson Cast. Uh, Galen put out a new episode with he and Scott where they talked about the basketball program after the Purdue game. I think a lot of that stuff will still apply now. So listen to that. Definitely listen to the conversation with Galen and uh, IU Sports Media alum Ben Portnoy talking about kind of the the changing landscape of sports business. That was a really good conversation that I learned a lot from. And if you haven't subscribed to X's and Joe's yet, you need to. I've gotten so many emails and tweets and messages from people who have been listening to that show talking about how much they love it, how much they're learning from it. Um, They did a great, their last episode, which we just published earlier this week, is all about roster construction. What do the best programs do when it comes to recruiting priorities, how they set up their roster? How does that compare to what Indiana has been doing? What are the right models to follow, at least based on what's actually empirically worked? 
it's just, it's a different kind of basketball conversation between those two. And it's hard to describe until you listen to it, but listen to it. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, so just a couple plugs there from around the back home network, cause you're going to have some time now to, uh, listen and enjoy some of these shows, uh, with, uh, you know, with not a lot of games uh, to distract us here. What's going on here? Hmm. Coach is back. No way. What? Hey, turkey um, burger. My can you ass. can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can. you're there. I, I was in the chat mob. I heard this. There's a jackass on the show. I wanted to come see it. <laughs> and you're already breaking up. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Kick him out. See ya. Kick him out. <laughs> His Wi-Fi is about as good as I use defense from this evening. Oh, let's oh, wrap man. this up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Yes. Uh, remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. It's the last call. I feel like we've probably said everything there is to say, but any concluding statements from you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, Indiana just has to be better. The program, uh, with all the resources, the fan support, you've got everything you need at Indiana to be successful. And um, for some reason, Indiana's made some mistakes over the last 20 years, um, done some things right, made some mistakes, but we're at a point now where Indiana has to be better with the amount of money in this program, with the amount of resources, with the fan support, with the facilities, all of this stuff, Indiana has to be better. They can't do this, man. There is no reason that the last time they beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin should be my senior year of high school. Like there's no, that like that's pathetic. And it's, I, I know that's one thing, but it's an indicative of where this program is as a whole. And tonight was indicative of where this program is. It's out of control. It's undisciplined. It's not focused. And it is dated. Everything that it does is dated. And so at some point that has to change. And and I think we as fans do not have to accept it. Um, I appreciate everybody here watching this tonight and commiserating with us and letting us do our thing cathartically. And we look forward to seeing you all in person, you know, in a couple weeks. Um, and, and, you know, regardless of what's going on with the team, we'll have fun and it'll be great. Um, but the fans don't have to put up with this and they should demand better and we should demand better. And I think it's, it's time to start demanding better. And, and I'm not saying again, that anybody needs to be fired. I'm just saying things need to get better. Yes. And that, that doesn't mean, clear the slate, fire the entire athletic department outside of the, you know, women's basketball coach and the football coach, but uh, soccer coach too. But you know, I like, that doesn't mean volleyball. that. Just, we're not, we're, oh yeah, Steve volleyball's not good. Yeah, true. Yeah, we, got, Base, we got some good baseball's coaches. Not, baseball's not bad. <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. Baseball's awesome. No, there's a lot of programs doing a great but, job. But at some point, like you have to demand changes at the very least. They don't have to be coaching changes, but there need to be changes and Indiana clearly needs to make changes in basketball. This is three, we're year three, and you should be progressing, not regressing. And this team is definitely regressing, and the program is regressing. So changes need to happen. And tonight was the starkest example we've had that changes need to happen. And I don't know what form that takes. I am not a, a basketball coach, but something needs to change, and dramatically. Um, because I, I don't think that Indiana, you know, if Indiana ever misses the tournament, it should be by the skin of its teeth, missing the tournament, not, not being in the conversation. And right now, Indiana ain't in the conversation. So 
You don't you don't pump this amount of resources into NIL and to recruiting and to everything else and have a packed arena with you know sixteen to eighteen thousand crazy people wanting you to win every night to not be in the conversation. So that's got to change. Hey, shouts to the guy on Twitter uh, who goes by the name of Colin Cowherd, even though it's not actually Colin Cowherd because this guy had like eight followers or something like that, who I had to mute because he wouldn't stop insisting that all we do is pump sunshine and can't look at the program objectively. And Well, he's clearly out- never watched the damn show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trust me. I wish we could just pump sunshine. Introduce him to me. Good and, it's good. You know, uh, all that stuff. Um, but look... The thing is, you know, you don't have to respect our opinions on this. And you can think that we're jackasses with a podcast. And in some ways we are. And that's all fine. Don Fisher is embarrassed. Don Fisher. The man's been around for 50 years. He clearly holds Mike Woodson in the highest regard. I mean, everybody who was around when Mike Woodson played adores Mike Woodson, loves him. Uh, you know, and he's just he's been such a huge figure in this program for a long time. And obviously still is. He's the head coach. But for Don Fisher to say in the middle of a game that a Mike Woodson coach team is embarrassing, do you realize what that means? So, you know, argue about the Ken Palm number. Argue about all these other things. When was the last time that you heard Don Fisher say he was embarrassed about an IU basketball team? Never heard it before. Never. It's never happened. So, you know, our words carry the smallest of weight. Don Fisher's words carry tons of weight. So let Don Fisher have the last call for tonight. And once again, what Don Fisher said is in my 51 years behind this microphone, I will say something that I've never said before. I'm embarrassed for this team and it has nothing to do with the score. Things have to change. Like you said, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean all the people have to change, but the people within the program have to change what they're doing so that we can start getting different results. It's a mic drop. It's the bottom it's a line. lead mic drop. So that'll do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. Don't forget to go to our Substack at assemblycall.com and join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. As always, we thank you for listening, especially everyone who is here live. We'll be back next Thursday to talk IU hoops again with you. Until then. Take it from me, Max Bielfeld. Keep your calves flexed, your elbows in, and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. I'm usually one that's more apt to have like a turkey burger as opposed to a hamburger. Like, I just can't deal with that. I've never run so quickly to my computer to cut drops as I did last night. I should have been sleeping. I'm very tired right now. And 11.45 at night, I was cutting drops because that entire conversation just had me rolling on the ground laughing. So good. Um, the highlight well, of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, we can talk about the uh, the classic Facebook group. Uh <laughs> That was centered on me, my senior year of, of college, <laughs> that all of my friends joined. And then it's quickly, so the numbers swolt. My, but no, my two best friends started it, and like <laughs> jokingly. And it's the numbers swelled to like 5,000 people. It was like immediately. And it was not oh, a flattering funny. 
a portrayal of me. So we'll talk about it. That's a good tease. We'll talk about that's it. A, that's a good tease for Thursday night. Any <laughs> any quick thoughts on Terrence Shannon uh, being allowed to come back and play, apparently? Temporary restraining or no, <laughs> temporary injunction. Injunction. I think it's a yeah. disgrace. It, because of his draft position, that I was can't your believe reason? they used that reasoning. You have to like, go look this up. Look up the like the the, Terrence, that was the judge's yeah. reasoning, right? And for I why have a, he was doing it. There might be a chance that it gets overturned. One of my friends was telling me like uh, that somebody could they could appeal that and have it overturned. But I, man, like if that's why if it's I think there's insufficient evidence here. We don't have enough. Like you know, it's, yeah, it's perfectly too, fair. Here's hearsay, you know, we can't convict somebody on hearsay, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, hurting his livelihood is something, but to like cite draft projections as why they, they literally like said those guys know anything, draft. by the way, like if he gets, if he gets cleared, they, his draft position is going to go right back up to where it was. Look, like, you know, I, you know, I've, I've probably been the one who's uh, advocated more than anybody that I think Zach Eady can find a role in the NBA, but ESPN's most recent mock draft, they put him at 14th, which was clearly just clickbait midseason. Of course. This doesn't matter. We need a hook for this yeah, one. Yeah, I think on the so previous they, one, he wasn't drafted. <laughs> right. Like, it's clearly to create so this, And I just use that as this is an example of what they're taking seriously, apparently, as a judge. I... By the way, I don't know. most of go, go look that up though, because yeah, it's, it's, it's it's wild. That's asinine. Just asinine that that's your reasoning. Now, again, again, if it's a if there's a legal reason, like, you know, okay, you know, I'm not saying I'm a fan of it, but yeah, you know, if there's but if you're using ESPN and Draft Express's mock draft bleacher report or whatever, and you're averaging mock draft positions, like what? Like, no. You're insane. So yeah. I, I don't know what will happen. I mean, it might be there's just nobody there's nobody with standing to appeal that. I don't know. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. That's I mean, he hasn't played in a while. So, I, you know, but he's was he getting to get one game before IU? Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll talk about that Thursday. You know, does that maybe mess up some of the chemistry that now they've built without him? You know, because you look at it, it's like, oh, man, Shannon's back. Could you possibly be catching them at the right time, actually? Who knows? We'll talk about all that stuff on Thursday. For now, let's go to bed uh, and hope that the Packers can come through tomorrow because that will make my wife very happy, which will make my life very happy. So good luck. I don't know if it'll happen. (laughs) Don't think it'll happen. Former 49ers fan over there, too. Hey, you know, I've, if my dad's working for him, I'm no, a fan. Supportive. No, I, but, I support it. Supportive of your dad. That was good. But yeah. it's just interesting that that's the way it worked out. It is. It is. All right, everybody. All right, thanks, everybody, for being here. Talk to you soon. Barbecue sauce, bacon, <laughs> four patties, four patties. Blood dripping out of it. <laughs> Goodbye. <I'm> sorry <laughs> I disappointed you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Ah. <sighs>